and I'm really excited to be here with Kathy today. Today our topic is refractive lens exchange for today's presbyopes, and my name is Eric Donenfeld from Ophthalmic Consultants of Long Island. So Kathy, let's have a conversation first of all about uh, who do you perform refractive lens exchange and why do you perform refractive lens exchange? Well, I do perform refractive lens exchange because there are patients, especially patients who are already presbyopic, who are really looking for a solution to be free from their glasses and contact lenses, not just for distance, but for near as well. And a lot of times those patients think when they come in that the solution is LASIK or a corneal procedure. And so it's a little bit of an educational process to say, you know, we have something else we can offer you that will give you that more complete range of vision and some benefits as well. You know, I, I agree with you in that today, refractive lens exchange has become a very viable modality for me to offer patients better quality of vision. In the past, I very commonly would offer patients LASIK as a refractive option, but over time in my experience, and experience is just another word for the mistakes that I've made, I've learned that LASIK is not the best option for many patients. Number one, for hyperopes, it tends to degrade over time. And number two is that with LASIK, at best, you can offer someone monovision, but you can't offer them a multifocal LASIK at this current time. So for me, refractive lens exchange has become a very viable opportunity to improve patients' quality of vision. And what's really changed things for me is that not only are the refractive outcomes so much better today, it's also safer. Yeah, I think that's one of the things is it's safer and it's permanent. You know, when we offer LASIK, they're still going to go through a period of time where their vision's degrading, where they're developing more and more dysfunction of their natural lens. And they'll typically have some loss of vision before they get to the point that they're ready for cataract surgery. And so, you know, with refractive lens exchange, we're taking care of it before it ever gets to that point. So they maintain functionality and quality of vision for the foreseeable future, which I think is really exciting for patients. And I agree. And, and you know something, once you get to be about 50, 55, almost everyone has some form of cataract. And at that point, they're starting to degrade their vision. The vision quality isn't the same as it always was. They lose contrast sensitivity. Night driving becomes more difficult. And their refractions tend to change. So you're, you're, you're hitting a moving target. Refractive lens exchange offers our patients the ability to have quality of vision for a lifetime, mm -hmm. and it gives it to them now. And as you said, it gives patients the opportunity to not only fix their distance, but also fix their intermediate and near. And that's really the conversation that you, that you have with the patients. And that's what my goal with refractive lens exchange, is to really listen to the patient, hear what they want, and then make a decision with the patient. How do you talk to a patient about refractive lens exchange? Yeah, I mean, really I think that's where it starts is what are the goals of the patient? And so typically what I say to them is, you know, if you had a cataract, we would be talking now about all the cool technology we have today that's going to restore visual function and give you maybe more independence from distance glasses than you've ever had and also allow some range of vision in a way that's permanent going forward. And cataract surgery has become so predictable and safe that we can now offer you all those benefits before you develop a cataract. And that's really exciting. Yeah, and I think you've really touched on some key points here. We have refractive technology that can really give patients better visual acuity. Um, it's extraordinarily safe today with modern technology. And the 
younger the patient, the softer the lens, the less risk of complications. Operating on a 50-year-old is very different than operating on a 70-year-old as far as refractive complications are concerned. But I think what's really turned refractive uh, lens exchange around is the accuracy of hitting your target with today's technology. Mm -hmm. And that's really part of my conversation with patients is that with technology we have today, with better biometry, keratometry, intraoperative aberometry, we can hit our targets overwhelmingly and give our patients the refractive uh, results that they want. Um, and ahead, you know, Kathy. we know that as cataract surgeons, right? We see that all the time with our cataract patients. And I think that's what's motivating a lot of cataract surgeons now, who in the past may not have been as comfortable offering this technology, to now say, you know what? My results are so good, so predictable. My patients really are getting that wow factor after cataract surgery. Maybe I can offer it to them sooner and still feel comfortable doing that. Kathy, what are the refractive errors of most of the patients that are coming to you for refractive lens exchange? You know, it's a wide gamut, and so there is a different way, I think, about different refractive errors. So I think, you know, you alluded to it earlier, a hyperope is kind of a fastball for success. Right. They don't see well anywhere, and so it's easy to say, this is somebody who's going to appreciate the entire range of vision that we have, even if it's not exactly 20-year-old vision, because I don't think we have that ability yet and you know right. there's always a trade-off and always a compromise that we need to talk to the patient about um, but yeah hyperopes easy place to start and for me refractive lens exchange is really the best option um, plano presbyopes are always tough higher myopes are tough because we worry about other things like whether or not they have a posterior vitreous detachment um, and low myopes have their own challenge because they may be seeing so well at near that they really want that excellent, excellent near vision as well. So Kathy, you've touched on the four points that I look at with patients. Hyperopes with a fastball, mm -hmm. best cases possible. High myopes, I like doing refractive lens exchange. For one thing, high myopes tend to get cataracts at an earlier age anyway. I don't want to do LASIK on someone who's a minus 10. I'm not mm -hmm. going to get a good refractive outcome. I'm not going to put a uh, fake guy well on a patient who's over 45. This is the only option I can really offer these patients. So yeah. uh, it's a great option for the patients, and it gives them distance and reading as well. Uh, the two challenging groups are the low myope. The low myope who's a minus three, who has God-given amazing near visual acuity, it's mm -hmm. hard to make that patient happy when you fix them for distance and they're reading with a presbyopic correction and a minus three. It's not the same as it was. So. I tell them it's normal, more you know, mortal person, exactly. near vision instead of their superpower that they had yeah. before. Yeah. Similar. I say, God gave <laughs> you amazing near vision, mm -hmm. and said, I can't do that good, but I'll do the best I can. And you have to understand that. And then for the plano emetrope, you know, five years ago, I would not do a refractive lens exchange with a presbyopic solution on a emetrope. Mm -hmm. I do today, though. How about you? Yeah, I do. But I do tell them that, you know, it's a little different. There's going to be a trade-off. But it's such good quality now that I think that it does make sense. And again, it's looking at the age of the patient. What's their disability at near? So a 41-year-old who's just going, you know, I can't see the tiniest thing like really close. 
maybe that's not the Plano Presbyopa I want to do refractive lens exchange, but if they're 50 or 55, which I was taking that very personally when you were saying those numbers. You're not, um, you're not 50 yet, are you? No, no, no definitely okay. not. I'm glad you noticed. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those patients that have more disability at near, mm -hmm. even if they're Plano for distance, I think there is a real opportunity there. And I, and I agree with you as well. Kathy, how common is refractive lens exchange in your practice today? Well, first I'll say it's more and more common all the time, as is the age of our um, cataract patients are declining with time. So, um, but it's it's still not the majority of the patients that I'm doing surgery on, but it's, it's increasing in popularity, and I am feeling more and more comfortable offering it. So I'd say, you know, every surgery day, I may have a refractive lens exchange or several. My experience is exactly the same as yours. It's a small part of my practice, but growing. Mm -hmm. And these are among the happiest patients that are in my practice. And, and those happy patients reinforce to me the accuracy, safety, and value of lens exchange in these patients. So I, I'm really quite pleased with where we are today. And it's only going to get better as the technology gets better. What are the expectations for patients who have refractive lens exchange? I think it's like anything we do, expectation setting is the key. And so, like I said, I usually do tell my patients, you're not gonna be like you were 20. If I could make myself 20, I would, and clearly I'm not, <laughs> as we talked about before. So, um, but I think setting their expectation that we can improve their independence from glasses, we can give them a range of vision that's more functional for them. And it doesn't mean that in every lighting circumstance, in every size print, at every distance, they're going to be glasses free for the rest of their life. But we can really give them functionality throughout the day that allows them that independence. Yeah, I think we can markedly improve patients' quality of life. I think we can meet their expectations. One of the aspects of refractive lens exchange is I do spend more time in my pre-op consultation with these patients, counseling them on proper expectations. And very commonly, these patients are coming in and they've had friends who've had LASIK. Mm -hmm. And LASIK is a different procedure than refractive lens exchange. I'll explain to a patient that with LASIK, I get my 20-20 result 99% of the time, and I'm doing enhancements maybe 1% of the time. With refractive lens exchange, just like with cataract surgery, the variabilities of healing, of lens position, of cylinder development means that about 20% of my patients, I'm gonna to need to do a enhancement or touch up on you. And that's part of the process. The patient needs to understand that and they need to have that expectation going into the surgery. Otherwise, you'll have some very disappointed patients. So I spend more time explaining uh, how lens exchange is different than LASIK because most of the patients know that from their friends who've come to me before to have their vision corrected. You know, I get asked a question a lot, and I'm just curious your answer for this. So a patient says, I do this, and that's it, right, Doc? I'll never need glasses again in my life. It'll never change. How do you answer that? I'm just curious. The one, the one answer I have for all patients is I never guarantee anything. And, and, I mean, that's just the way things are. I say that your vision will not change a lot over time, but there are some common changes that may occur. Over time, like everything else in our bodies, your eye may sag a little bit and you may develop a little bit of astigmatism. And if it, that, that happens, we will correct it with either an incision or a laser procedure. And maybe while I'm telling you now you're not a good candidate for LASIK, I might tell you that you're a good candidate for LASIK later on and bring you back to do that procedure. 
Uh, you may develop a posterior capsule pacification. I explained to them that 33% of my patients who have lens exchange or cataract surgery will develop a clotting of the saran wrap behind their lens that will need to be lasered, and that's a normal part of the procedure as well. So there, there are possibilities going forward we may be back doing more surgery. Yeah, I think that's really important for patients to understand that so that they're not disappointed. And I have had patients, you know, in the refractive lens world mm -hmm. where when they come back for a YAG, they're, they are a little disappointed if they're not set up to understand that's a natural part of what happens with surgery as well. Right. It's all about expectations. I know, like everything we do. Exactly. I have a saying that I use all the time, and that is when I tell someone about something preoperatively, it creates the expectation. If I tell the patient the same thing postoperatively and they haven't heard about it before, it's my complication. So Don't want the complication. No. So explain everything preoperatively for the patient. So we've talked about three different ways of correcting visual acuity. You can do laser vision correction on the cornea, you can do a lens exchange, and you can do a fake IOL. Mm -hmm. How do you decide which one's right for the patient? Well, for one thing, my demographic is older where I am on the west coast of Florida. So typically my patients, when they come in, they're already presbyopic. And mm -hmm. that, for me, really puts the patient more in the refractive lens exchange because that's actually where I can address that effectively as well. So it has to be a younger patient who's not presbyopic, for me, to be a corneal-based procedure. Uh, for fake agaia well, it's somebody who meets those criteria but is not a good LASIK candidate, either for the magnitude that they need the correction or because their cornea is too thin or something like that. So the majority of my patients actually fall into the refractive lens exchange category. And I agree, and, and I do like fake agaia wells for younger patients, but you have to realize they, they don't correct presbyopia, and certainly they're not good for hyperopes. They, you just can't mm -hmm. do that because their anterior chambers just aren't deep enough. So refractive lens exchange for me is the go-to procedure for patients generally in the presbyopic range uh, who haven't yet developed cataracts. So what is the goal for refractive lens exchange in presbyopes? Um, what type of lenses do you like to use and how do you use them? Yeah, so I think that's one place where it's really different for me if it's a cataract patient versus a refractive lens exchange. Mm -hmm. Cataract patients, generally, I'm looking at the overall health of the eye, and there's going to be, in some patients, something that limits a choice of one technology or directs me toward another technology. Refractive lens exchange patients tend to have healthy eyes, so they have more options. And I may actually talk to them more about the trade-offs with different technology. So, and then it comes down to what is the lifestyle of the patient? What are they trying to achieve? And what, I, what do I think the long-term you know, outlook for the patient over the lifetime, since this is a lifetime choice? Right, so I've almost stopped using bifocal IOLs. Uh, I just don't do that anymore. I'm using almost all trifocals if they really want to be spectral independent. We have uh, a pure trifocal and we have an extended depth of focus trifocal. So we have two choices. And I find them both to be really excellent choices for patients who are having refractive lens exchange. But as you said, I need to make certain that these patients have no significant pathology. And mm -hmm. you're right, you don't see a lot of pathology, but you will see it sometimes. So sometimes you might see an epiretinal membrane, you might see some vitreous traction, you might see some corneal pathology that may show up. So mm -hmm. um, for those patients, I have a conversation with those patients about the possibility that, re that a refractive lens exchange with a trifocal is not the best for them. But I also counsel everyone that I talk to about refractive lens exchange with a trifocal technology that there will be more glare and halo with this lens 
than there is with a conventional lens. This lens will give you distance, it will give you intermediate, it will give you near, and most of my patients don't wear glasses at all. If that's your goal, this is the lens for you. But one in a hundred patients who get these lenses are unhappy, and sometimes they have to remove the lens. And I said to every patient before I start, there is a great chance you're gonna be the happiest patient I have in my practice, but there's that small chance you won't be. I can't predict which one you're gonna be. You just know, you need to know that you do have the chance that if this doesn't work out for you, I can always remove it and put a different lens in. Yeah, I do something similar as well, and I'll tell the patient, you know, probably you won't have these, but there is a small risk of glaring halos, especially is what I usually talk mm -hmm. to, to them about. Um, but the trade-off is that you're going to have the best independent near vision that doesn't sacrifice distance and allows you to have both eyes working together. So if you're really looking to have independent near, this is the best I can offer you. And then if you're worried about glare and halos, luckily we have other alternatives that are going to give you a range of vision, independence from glasses, but maybe you'll pick up a light pair of readers from time to time to read a book. And if that's what you want, if you're very active at night, I have a lot of pickleball players, sure. actually. Don't you we probably all? do too. Okay. And uh, you know, they play on lighted courts sometimes. And those patients that really want a full, complete range of vision without any areas that there's a decrease from distance to their racket, I think we have other technologies that might be really best for that. So I'm in complete agreement with you, as I always am, by the way. <laughs> and, and that is that the trifocal technology, pure trifocal or extended depth of focus trifocal, mm -hmm. um, those are my go-to lenses for, for a clear lens extraction. But I have a conversation with a patient. If a patient doesn't have a high tolerance for glare or halo, mm -hmm. I will offer them other alternatives. What's your next alternative? So I usually go for a non-diffractive IOL. So I do like the non-diffractive uh, extended depth of focus lens. And for me, that with a tiny little bit of mi uh, micro monovision, maybe minus a quarter, minus a half, really oftentimes does give them independent reading vision, but I tell all of them they won't get it. And then of course, that under promise over deliver, they're, they're really ecstatic to get the independence that they do. Completely agree as well. I think the extended depth of focus non-diffractive lenses are my go-to as a second choice for these patients. And I love doing a mini monovision. And what I do for these patients almost always is I start with the dominant eye here and I put the lens in their dominant eye aiming for distance, hitting my target, and I say, this is what your vision is gonna be like at distance and this is gonna be your reading. How much more reading do you want? And I just then post-operatively put a reading ad in front of them I say, this is what the vision will be like if I make you a minus a half. This will be if I make you a minus one. This is what you lose for distance. This is what you gain for reading. And most of my patients want to be about a minus 75 in their non-dominant eye. Mm -hmm. And I let the patient try it on for size. So they actually get the surgery done in one eye. We don't have to think about it. The dominant eye always has to be distance. And then the non-dominant eye, we can come back and fine tune it to the patient's needs once they have the experience of what the vision will be like in their first eye. I, I love that approach. I actually don't have them try it, but the, all the way up until that part of it is exactly because mm -hmm. we are thinking alike here. There you go. <laughs> but I do the exact same thing as I ask them, how are you doing with your first eye? Do you like your, your near? Do you want a little bit more near? Mm -hmm. um, but I also look at the targeting because as good as we are, it's not always that we're right emetropic in the first eye. And so if we have a little bit of a myopic you know, target or a myopic uh, result actually, in the first eye, then I can say, you know what, we're gonna target a little bit different to be absolutely precise with our distance vision. 
There's a brand new lens that's just been approved by the FDA. It's a small aperture lens. I have patients coming in who aren't candidates for trifocals. They don't get good vision with glasses. They may have had radial keratotomy. They've had corneal transplants. They might have keratoconus, and they want to see better. Have you had any experience, or, or what are your thoughts about a small aperture IOL for these patients? Super excited for it. Really, I can't wait to have this technology available to my patients. I think we're going to find that it really helps those patients that have no other way of improving their quality of vision currently, um, except that I think another thing that we've had recently on the market that helps us to decide if that technology is going to benefit the patient is the ability to put a presbyopia correcting small aperture topical drop in the patient and say, you know, do you see really an improvement in your quality of distance vision mm -hmm. with this drop? And then that's more of a home run with the small aperture, I believe, uh, implants. So I'm kind of excited about that too. I, I completely agree. So refractive lens exchange is an exciting new technology. It's a technology whose time has come. It's becoming an additive part of our practice. These are arguably the happiest patients in my practice on a regular basis. And I think it requires hitting the pillars of, I believe that refractive lens exchange is one of the most exciting new opportunities we have in our practice. These are uniformly the happiest patients in my practice. These are patients who have had visual disability their entire lives and for the first time, they're able to see clearly at distance and often at near as well. It changes their lives. I just to make certain that number one, they're good candidates. Number two, they have the right expectations. Number three, I picked the right technology for their eyes. And finally, I need to deliver refractive results that are spot on. And I have to be a better surgeon than I've ever been in the past to make these patients happy. If I do all these things, I think we have a wonderful opportunity to make patients extraordinarily pleased with refractive lens exchange. I totally agree. Again, I think it's an exciting part actually because we can move the timeline for our patients who are super excited and wowed by their vision after cataract surgery to a time when maybe they're more active in their life too, where they get that benefit for much longer in the future. And to be able to share that earlier with patients I think is awesome. But it's it, you're right, it's all about the targeting and making sure we are meeting our own expectations and matching them with patient expectations. Well, thank you, Kath. This has been a great conversation we've had today. Yes, yeah, great talking with you as always. Good.